0: Ed the big time, big boy, big boy football, European competition. Are you how not are you buzzing? How buzzing are you? Oh, it's off the chart, mate. Yeah. Off the chart.
1: I had a look at FC Astana's squad. Yep.
0: Didn't recognise any of them. That's not entirely a surprising turn of events. They do is have it? an
1: Icelandic international who made the Euro two thousand sixteen squad but didn't make the World Cup squad. Right. Yeah, good story. Their executive director is English, although he had no football career of note.
0: Does that mean and they just... had like 1% of Iceland's male population or something? Or sorry, It's always yeah, some, in the way, isn't it, with Iceland? Something like that. You've it's got almost more Icelandic than Kazakhstani based on <laughs>
1: populations.
0: Um, I don't know. I, my, my general approach to the Europa League group is to go full Shearer and remain steadfastly uninformed. Not because I'm not interested. I am, actually. It's kind of interesting playing teams you've never heard of but just because having won the Europa League a couple of seasons ago this season like that felt like it might be something that Europa League win it might be a kind of you know the catalyst towards something this one just feels like well no we're just this is the redundant nature of Manchester United Football Club no now, yeah, well true, but
1: it also offers a route into the Champions League. It might well be United's best route into the next season's
0: Champions I, League. I don't know how to care about that. I just do not know how to care about it because I mean great, we'll be in the Champ hooray! We'll be in the Champions League and maybe make a quarter final. I mean you know, well, but
1: it's, it's about development in the club. You know, but if, I,
0: I, if, the, if the club is going to move forward, then it needs to be in the Champions League. But fluke, <laughs> fluke in a fluking or semi-fluking a Champions League place on the basis of, you know, tournament football, rather than earning it over the course of a, a season like that. That's kind of what I meant about last time. Last time it meant, felt like it might be part of some sort of development. But if it doesn't, I, I feel like it's very hard to say, OK, you, you win the Europa League, which inherently is a, a kind of luck intensive way to get there compared to a league format you're not really that's not part of a sustainable rebuild towards Champions League football is it
1: depends whether you can pass that into proper investment in the uh, transfer market in order to build a squad that's suitable for the Champions League I suppose and I guess we also semi know the answer to that one Anyway, it'd be, it'd be super. What well, like we're uh, we're previewing the preview here, weren't it, mm. aren't it? we? But Good a, point. I think the most interesting thing, in a way, is how, uh, Sasha, um, uh, takes to this tournament because he's kind of hinted that the um, the kids will get a chance, and in fact, uh, an insult to the tournament already uh, suggested that Alexis Sanchez would only get to play in the Europa League if he stayed. So so it looks like there'll be a lot of changes, uh, which is one way of taking it. And, you know, I think a lot of supporters would support that one in the push to make it legitimately into the Champions League through the league route. Um, But there's a lot to say that uh, United ought to be one of the favourites for this tournament and, and therefore could push hard to make it happen. maybe what will happen is a lot of changes until the knockout stages and then we'll see how it goes from there. Yeah, because the, the thing about changes... Assuming
0: we make it past FC Astana, Partizan and Alkmaar. That's what I was going to say. That making a lot of changes at this point isn't necessarily about not taking the competition seriously, is it? It's also about the genuine level of competition, which, you know, I'm speaking in completely, um, like, assumption-packed, totally uninformed way about a team... Well, why change might... their habit of a lifetime? <laughs> it might be great, you know, but um, you would, given the relative... You know, uh, financial muscle and historical, even in the last few seasons, level of these teams, you would expect that United, uh, a substantially weakened United, could do the business yeah. against. I, I was know, um, at home. Especially. I
1: can't remember which journalist it was now. One of the journalists, one I think them. one of the ones that hasn't been recruited by the Athletics, so <laughs> the B team, um, was <laughs> suggesting that Wolves should make a lot of changes uh, in order to concentrate on their league campaign. I was like, Hmm. So Wolves are going to make a lot of changes to concentrate on the league campaign in order that they might be able to qualify for next season's
0: Europa League. Because that's really what they're aiming to do. I remember there was talk about that in, maybe it was Benitez era Liverpool, but there was, obviously they won the Champions League. But I I remember that being a thing people talked about, about Champions League games and, and potential rotation ahead of big league games. And literally, yeah, you're rotating to try and make sure you're back in this competition next season. It's all very bizarre. But anyway, anyway I, should, should we talk about real football? Sure, we're <laughs> in no. Premier League, we is the best league in the world, and uh, Britain's the best country. Uh, but enough about Jamie Vardy. I think that might be <laughs> that might be un- might be horrendously unfair. Yeah, um, we, we don't know. We don't know he's like that.
1: Although we suspect he might be. Yeah, and there's given the incident. His uh, predilections for uh, you know a bit of comedy racism. Um, he but- he uh, he was actually reasonably good. Leicester overall, I thought, were incredibly disappointing. You know, given given top billing by us, mm. no least, and uh, he was probably one of their better ones. Their their most dangerous outlet, despite having sixty percent of the possession, was knocking the ball over the top for Vardy to chase, and Lindelof struggled to cope with Vardy's pace, as, as, as almost part, as almost every central defender in the country does. Yeah, true. Yeah, and it's an effective tactic. Uh, well, almost effective tactic. I, I mean, it, it's kind of strange game in, in a way because uh, you actually know, weren't in a great deal of trouble in this game ever, really. There were moments when it looked like Leicester um, might uh, you know, might might cause De Gea some trouble. In fact, he made one good save with his feet. I want to say with his feet at one point. Uh, and Leicester had a loss of the ball in, in sort of... A pro- or you know, most of midfield up to about 30 yards from goal and couldn't really convert that into anything sort of substantial. And and United defended pretty solidly. Uh, McTominay was very good in a sort of defensive midfield role, you know, pretty aggressive getting around the pitch. Man of the um, match? Man of the match and pro- probably deserved it. Uh, you know, Rashford sort of toiled up front. Daniel James, willing runner. Pereira was awful. Uh, Matic was Awful, um, my god, why, why, just why? Um, and and you know, because of the nature of United's midfield, we you know Pogba, it was kind of the thing that was missing from United's midfield play was uh, the kind of intelligent use of the ball, as would be expected, I think, given who was actually in that midfield. Um, so all in all, it, you know, it felt pretty comfortable for United without United ever really creating very much at all
0: well they created almost literally nothing right I mean the there's a penalty and then a bunch of not anywhere yes. close to half chances
1: 1.1 1. 1 being yeah. uh, XG and 76 of that being the
0: penalty so that's that means basically a few pot shots from range yeah. and a few pot shots in crowded areas in the box yeah yeah
1: and, and I mean this it's gonna be and this isn't even one of those ones where Leicester was sitting back and we were pushing. This is one of the ones but where we were sitting back and um and trying to play on the break. But it's Against the Leicester to... side that was
0: having an off day, I think. But it's got to be said that a United side without Luke Shaw, I mean he's not been great, but his replacement is Ashley Young. Um might be an upgrade. Uh, I don't think Ashley Young is an upgrade on Luke Shaw, Red. <laughs> and nor do you. <laughs> Some more to the point. Um, So uh, you've got Ashley Young at left back. There's no Pogba who's our most important player by an insane margin in terms of especially chance creation and also just taking long range shots and stuff. And no, Anthony Martial has been absolutely central. Um, Was Jesse Lingard injured or dropped? Um, Yeah, ill, I I think. Yeah, so unavailable. I mean, given... Basically, no Pogba, no Martial and... A United win against Leicester City, that is that is like beat the drums, sing from the rooftops, we're going to win the league. I mean, not win the league, but we're, <laughs> yeah, that's it's an absolutely enormous three points oh, no, under those a, it, was a, it was a huge,
1: huge win, you know, huge, uh, like that sixth placing and a win itself. And, <laughs> and this was a, a big one. So, especially given the quality of Leicester's midfield, I mean child Chow- Chowdhury came in. perhaps a bit of a surprise that he uh, he came in, but he was he was you know he was okay, and he's always a willing runner from midfield, isn't he? James Madison, I mean, uh, he was um, David I'm... Brent in the the lesser manager was uh, sort of picking him up after the game. I actually thought, I, I I think a lot of James Madison. I think he's going to turn into a really good player, and his ability to Carve out chances for his teammates is is almost second to none in the Premier League, but I didn't think he was actually very good in this game. And did he
0: play wide left? Did he play well, left else, and midfield? So,
1: sort of drifting in off the left. Uh, and, you know, I wouldn't say he was playing classic wing, but he can play a lot of positions, Madison. And um, he's you know he's a very flexible player. Uh, he's very creative on the ball. So, but just not not his best game.
0: Yeah. And um, and and the fact that you know we we got a win and and especially the fact that Leicester created absolutely nothing by way of substantial chances shows you kind of shows you that they by this you have to say sort of almost necessarily they had an off day. How how was Harry Maguire in this game? Yeah, fine. Actually, I think it was his best game for United. So uh, and.
1: Most of the time, Vardy was trying to isolate Lindelof. I'd say who didn't have a bad game, by the way, Lindelof. I thought he defended pretty well. There were just a few hairy moments when, he's, you know, he's got uh, Jamie Vardy steaming into one of the channels. Uh, I thought Maguire was was very solid, uh, led the the back four uh, line well, didn't didn't have any bad moments because there's been a couple this season, and you know, one step further forward towards sort of integrating himself into this team.
0: Yeah, I was. I did the full time Devils preview for this game, and one of the things I was thinking about, I can't remember if we even talked, I even talked about this on the show last week, but the the building of a central defensive partnership. the people were like even talking about dropping Lindelof and replacing him with Twan Zabin, I Just think, I feel like a lot of the mistakes that have happened this season, or as you described it last week, had a quarter of a mistake, have been about partnership building and the fact that it does take time for central defensive partnership to really find each other. And you know, Maguire. In that first game, it was pretty clear that he was, you know, going to fit in at the level, no problem. But still, in terms of nuance and, and reliability, you want you want a partnership to have time to build, don't you?
1: Yeah. I mean, look, Turn a b is now first choice reserve in, in central defence. It's pretty clear. And he actually came on, but in a central defensive midfield role, which a few people have said, oh, perhaps he could do that. Because he's, he's kind of comfortable on the ball, like, I think he's going to be a pretty limited player there. I don't think it's necessarily natural a central defence is going to be his his position, but uh, there'll be time for him to push and be you know, given a chance. He may well play against Astana the Stana on Thursday night. We'll see. Um, it's, it's probably a good one for him to uh, to start in for his first start of the season. Um, so yeah, no need to rush. I don't think there was any need to panic because Lindelof got out jumped by six foot five. Inch fender once. I mean, come on. <laughs> uh, and and if this is the first choice, let them bed in.
0: Yeah. So. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so you know, it's uh, it's it's going to be it's going to be it's going to be interesting to see where United go from here. It's a, a big result. It's obviously not like a spectacularly good performance. Rashford scored a penalty. He but... did put it away nicely and mm. uh, nearly scored a free kick and
1: another one of the Twitterati's. Yeah, but um uh, yeah, ammunition against him but uh, that one off the crossbar, yeah, good good. Very nicely taken with his instep step rather
0: than a knuckleball. I mean, it was a kind of in stepy knuckleball though, wasn't it? It was it wasn't like a Beckham in step, was it? It was kinda of had a little bit of knuckleball b- whip on um Kind of dip or whatever.
1: Yeah. It was the off-cutter, not the full knuckle. Yeah,
0: exactly. <laughs> Talking of which, are we going to do 10 minutes Couldn't <laughs> no. on the cricket again, please? Oh. How we we it's came so back good. to be
1: victorious, morally victorious in the ashes.
0: <laughs> well, it was a draw. It's just cricket's weird. So for people that don't know, 25 days worth of game ends in a draw, except that a draw counts as a win for one of the teams. Now, but that team lost the last one, so they were and celebrating and years with ago. champagne just after they lost.
1: Yeah, it was it, it, was, it was yeah, it was totally bizarre that the team had lost, just lost the game was celebrating what a victory performance with in a drawn the... series
0: because a, perform... a different team won two and a half years ago. <laughs> what a performance with the ball though on that last day, absolutely beautiful. Anyway, um, the uh, United's performance with the ball not bad against Leicester, but. you I don't know. It's a massive result and a massive win, and and they didn't concede a lot of chances, which is big news. But chance creation, as you would expect with the players that were missing from that that team, absolutely a abysmal. A problem, yeah, and, and, and,
1: and, and look, it was this was one of those games where Wayne Matter was given a chance at number ten, and and unfortunately for many of us who said, oh, Wayne Matter should get a chance at number ten over the years. He He's so rarely sort of taken that chance, and this is one of those ones where he he wasn't able to to dictate any of the pattern of the, of the game. Uh, and Pereira drifted inside quite a bit as he kind of you know is wont to do, and just didn't do anything at all. I, I I'm struggling to see it with him honestly. I'd like him to do well because there's good moments, and you know he's uh, he's a young player and he's been at the club a very long time, and he's technically gifted, but his ability to impose himself on a game at Premier League standards is is pretty much zero, I think.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's a problem. And, and, you know, this game, the the win is brilliant and the performance is everything that we thought was going to be the case for this team, especially without Pogba in it. I mean... I don't know. I know I go on about this all the time, but the people that are like, oh, Pogba could just do one. We'll be fine without him. No Pogba deal is fine. Uh, No deal, Pogba transfer. Just give him away. (laughs) Um, It'll be fine. Nothing bad will happen. There's a a certain kind of... um, A logic that seems to be fairly widespread in various different issues around the globe but it's just dumb. Sorry, it's just
1: dumb. I mean, you get a midfield like this, which just doesn't have anything about it. People will go, oh, look, they won. And... United were okay. Well, United were okay in a defensive sense because that's much easier to organise than the the creative attacking piece, which just didn't. Nothing came from that midfield at all in an attacking sense.
0: I mean, uh, you, and that's you know, what you'd get if you if you stripped Pogba out this side. You, you know, the penalty, the timing of the penalty makes a big difference, doesn't it? In terms of there's not quite the need to press so aggressively to try and create something. So you would expect perhaps chance creation to dry up a little bit, just like you expect a team that concedes first is probably less likely to have the lion... I mean, the team that scores first is then less likely to have the lion's share of possession um, because the, the the game situation means that they don't have to. Um, still, sure, no, that, still, that, that but... is one of the legitimate
1: criticisms of the HG model, that uh, it doesn't really take account of, of uh, patterns of play and game management like that. But you know, this is United at Old Trafford.
0: yeah and but you know an an injury ravaged united i keep saying injury ravaged just there's three players out you wouldn't say that's injury ravaged but he, you know one of them's paul pogba and so any any word on when pogba's going to be back do we know do we know any of no, that? no
1: i don't know and uh, although um it uh, it could well be that diego dallo is back for the astana game it doesn't look like pogba will be but i don't think they've given a definitive timeline on it okay
0: because, I mean, don't care about Astana, but West Ham at the weekend away at West Ham, you would you definitely, definitely want Pogba there. Obviously, because we're rubbish without him. Um, another player that we are rubbish without, at least as long as uh, the, he hasn't succumbed to a semi-permanent version of the Yips, which given he's only made one mistake so far this season, basically, doesn't look like he's quite chucking him in liability style as he was at the end of last season. But he's captain leader legend, or at least contract signer legend David de Gea has signed a ting and he is going to be Manchester United's goalkeeper for a really long time. Now we would imagine little uh, Instagram the... video saying, ignore the rumors. This is my home. This is my theater. It's like, this is the, this is the only place they'll pay me the money. I want to do the job because everyone <laughs> else it. has got a keeper. <laughs> no, he loves the club, loves club, that boy. Salford. He born does. And bred. That's,
1: that's why, yeah. He he mulled over this contract for such a short
0: period of time. Yeah, <laughs> just just exactly like Paul Scholes. He basically just said he said to uh, said to Florentino Perez, "You want me to sign for Madrid? You're gonna have to buy Manchester United or whatever it was that Skull said to Milan." Yeah, the Inter Milan guy.
1: That's right. I like that quote. But I mean, let's just hope we got the best of David Hair. Focus. The yips is gone. Confidence. I mean, and certainly having a a. More solid back four in front of him should help,
0: right? Yeah, well, it has and, so far this season, hasn't yeah, it?
1: Two two ten gs. Well, yeah, as many as he got all last season or something <laughs> like that. I don't think that's quite right, but <laughs> um, and and yeah, let's hope so. You know, because we have that David de Gea back, then then obviously he's you know one of the best in the world. A, a lot of people before this were going, oh, maybe it's the chance to move on, and I was like, hmm, are we sure about that? Because yeah. the economics of bringing in a keeper of of similar quality would be in the 50 to 70 million pound range, right? Well, Kepa is now in the Spain side ahead of David De Gea. We'll see how long that lasts, but he was 70 million. So huge deal United would have to put together to bring in a, a, a comparable keeper. The only upside I can see is that perhaps you could go find a keeper that is more fitting with the style that Solskjaer might want to play one day which is to play out from the back and you might have a keeper a bit more comfortable with his uh, the ball at his feet. Not that De Gea is an absolute you know, ringer there at all. He he can cope. He's not a sweeper keeper. Um, but, you know, that's all put to bed now and let's just hope that we get, you know, four really good years out of De Gea and perhaps more.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, um, I have to say, though, from the Spanish perspective, whilst I genuinely make fun of De Gea and how terrible he's been, I mean, he was a massive part of why we didn't qualify for the Champions League last season. But he's also basically the only reason we've ever qualified for the Champions League since Fergie retired. So, you know, we'll, we'll cut him plenty of, uh, he's got plenty of credit in the bank. But if I was the Spain manager, given his performance level for his national team, I am not in the least bit surprised he's been replaced at that level because I don't think that's just about Kepper being better with his feet. No. I, I, I mean, I'm not sure that Kepa's performances have been that
1: good, at least at club level, but uh, he's a young keeper and, and perhaps they felt the time was right for a change because, yeah, the hair has made quite a few mistakes at international level. Anyway, didn't make any mistakes in this game, made one good save that I can remember. Uh, and I'm trying to think if there's anything else of note in this game. Oh, uh, Tahit Chong came on for mm. a sort of cameo at the end and, and had some good moments, you know, had does what he does, which is taking on people and being dynamic and, and trying to play one-twos in and around the box. Nothing particularly came off for him, but I I thought uh, he didn't look phased uh, by the situation and just played his normal game and could well start against Astana on Thursday night. And and I think a lot of people would be very excited to see that.
0: Absolutely. Do you know, as you pointed out to me, not a single, the entire for the first time ever... No one who took a wicket in the first innings took a wicket in the second innings. In, yeah, in in our ashes test, it so was just going to be perk a little Just since you just won't let me, have, since you won't let me have ten minutes on it, I'll just be like in between segments. There'll just be like two minutes of cricket chat. The uh, England World Cricket Board
1: put out a photo today of um, all the players in the dressing room after the game having a beer, and they're you know mixed. Uh, Mixed of Australians and uh, Englishmen. Like, oh, this is this is the spirit of cricket. What what they didn't show is after Warner had, had a couple of evies, him lamping Jack Lee.
0: <laughs> Jofra Archer chucking a ball at Muffy White's head. I mean Jofra Archer bowled another absolutely electric spell. Only this time, like when he when he knocked Steve Smith out, he was trying to unsettle him and, and, you know, get him out. When he was trying to knock Matthew Wade out, he was just trying to knock Matthew Wade out because that <laughs> seemed like God, a fun take any thing wickets to do. in that spell, but uh, oh, was, God, it was uh, awesome yeah. Yeah, he's such an exciting player. I was happy for Jack Leach getting a bunch of wickets. I was happy for Joe Root as well, two wickets and a bunch of catches and and a fine captaincy performance. I thought in the field. Although the idea that the plan that they've tried literally every time for Steve Smith finally works and that's a stroke of genius, I'm not. Just like, you know, <laughs> yeah. I'm
1: not totally sure about. What are we going to do? We're going to go to the leg slip.
0: Yeah. Yeah. All
1: anyway, right. enough cricket chat. I have got nothing else to say on the the Leicester game. It was good and entertaining for about 15 minutes and then pretty dull yeah to really be honest yeah uh, i'm sure it will be a lot more lively uh, against west ham at the weekend It normally is
0: yeah so um should we uh we've talked about david de Gea signing a new contract Did anyone know the details of that contract lots of leaks about money and things like that percolating no out i mean
1: the... The, the last one came out that he would be around about the top level uh, at the club so you know around about 300,000 a week although I have no doubt that it'll be 400,000 pounds by tomorrow and 500 and 600 and a million pounds a week and it'll be bigger than the Sanchez deal and
0: you know United are signing over the rights to Old Trafford to him within a week there was a time when I would have thought that that was a very reasonable thing for United to do given how central he was to the idea of anything even approaching United being any good I mean, he's had an amazing... I was thinking about that. And there's something really nice about the fact that he... I mean, I kind of feel a bit sorry for him that we've been... You know, the shambles version of United has been most of his career. And and looks like it's going to be basically all of his career. I really hope we win something before he leaves. A bit like when, uh, when Fergie used to really hope that we won the FA Cup for Rio. Although then not play anyone <laughs> and then play Darren Gibson in midfield every time. Um, but anyway, I really hope we win a league title before David De Gea leaves United, but I suspect that's not going to happen. And it seems a great shame that a player of that quality will end up with such a relatively modest trophy cabinet at the end of his career. Because of us. <laughs> yeah.
1: Well, maybe they've done the gentleman's handshake and he's off to... Madrid, Paris Saint Germain, or Juventus next summer for a fixed fee. You never well, know. Possibly so. Yeah, we'll, we'll see. We'll see whether that one starts if, leaking out. If, but...
0: if that's the truth, though, if that's the truth, if that's the truth, and um, he's he's announced the contract deal with us, this is my fear to don't ignore the rumours, and then he leaves next summer. I'm going to be miffed. I'm going to be. <laughs> I'm going to feel. I'm going to feel hard done by emotionally. That, yeah. that no. I, I, I. It seems. It seems not uh, no.
1: because he could have. You know, If he. If he was going to do that. Move. He could have. Uh, he could have done it in January, which is coming out very quickly. So, yes. anyway, that's done. Uh, I don't think there's any other United news this no. week. No, um, tr- no we are recording. Partners. So uh, this is the patriarchy. We are recording as United women play Arsenal women. Yeah, uh, I suspect we wouldn't have done that if the men's team had been playing Arsenal. So shame no. on us. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, United started without a couple of their summer signings. So Jackie Groenend who's uh, very good apparently I only saw the highlights but very good against city at the weekend um and a lot of the new left back uh, replacing alex greenwood um so you know a couple of enforced changes there um playing a very good arsenal side uh, 74 minutes in and it's still nil nil They're champions arsenal aren't they they won 1-1 last season i don't believe Un, and un... have um in uh, uh Midema one of the you know world's best forwards. Yeah.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So uh, uh, two very it's such a difficult start to the season, isn't it? Man City and Arsenal in the in the women's league does literally does not get tougher than that. Um so it'll be interesting to see how they do once once that period is is over and they enter the sort of more normal range, a bit like a newly promoted team starting their uh Newly promoted men's team starting their Premier League season by playing City and Liverpool, isn't it? Well,
1: Basically. not us. I mean, you
0: know, <laughs> we're we're not we're not very good Ez, anymore. Manchester United are just not very good. The, the men's team, that is. Yeah, yeah that's true. The, yeah. the women's team seems all right. Oh. Um, yeah, um,
1: yeah, tough start, but that's uh, that's you know the the club's heading in the right direction and uh, the good business over the summer brought five players in. Uh, war two enforced basically, um, with Alex Greenwood leaving and uh Chamberlain the Keeper um uh, being pregnant. So I'll miss the whole season. Um and then three um three players to strengthen a squad that's just full of youngsters, really, and um so it's a what, twelve team league, I think. top. no, I don't know should know this one, but I think it's a twelve team league and any anywhere in the top half I think is a is a good result at the end of the season.
0: Yeah, excellent result at the end of the season, surely. Promoted team. Even though the badge says Manchester United, but well, first of all, that doesn't mean anything anyway anymore. But secondly, that's completely, you know, they are an expansion franchise, Ed. They're an expansion franchise. Or maybe are you are you only an expansion team for one season? Or maybe, I don't know. I don't really understand American sport. Um, anyway, uh, should we take some Twitter questions before we talk about West Ham?
1: Let's do it. We we took about four hundred last week, so you know, perhaps one or two fewer this this time. Well,
0: last week was a you called the episode AQA, and it took me ages. I thought you. Have you spelled AMA wrong? And then I realised it might stand for All Questions Answered. Is that right? Yes. Okay. Did okay. I get that wrong? No, I believe it. I've never. I I think I must have heard it because I worked out what it meant. But AMA is like Ask Me Anything, isn't it? That's the standard 21st century internet. Yeah. Speech. You See, I'm old. Yeah, <laughs> so yeah, yeah. I probably, yeah, yeah. Got, I probably okay. did get that wrong. Uh, <laughs> no, I think you're right. I think AQA means All Questions Answered. I mean, that was technically wrong though because there were loads of questions which we didn't answer. Yeah. All right,
1: Greg Seward on Twitter says, it's Fred the midfielder we've been missing? I didn't uh, talk about him, but he uh, he came on against <laughs> Leicester. Don't remember him doing
0: anything, but Fr- he is alive. Fred is a midfielder who has been missing. Is that, is that the same? <laughs> I don't know. I think that might be it, yeah. yeah. A good
1: point, yeah. Oh, dear. Uh, the Mighty Ever Pigeon says, even if Leicester's short in midfield, wouldn't it be best to take Matic out of the back line? Um yes honestly out the back sorry not out of the back line out the back light old <laughs> yes um i'm not sure i'd advocate actually shooting him um or but him being anywhere near the team is just it's just pointless i mean I, I don't know what's happened to him physically um whether he's just played too much football over his career or he's not been looking after himself or what it is but he looks totally totally gone i i actually think he would struggle in the championship just because of the pace of the game. He wouldn't just wouldn't be able to get in touch with it. He
0: might do all right
1: in a slower-paced league where he can have some time on the ball.
0: I mean, they always do say that the championship, you have more time on the ball than when you come to the Premier League. It's, it's a bit faster on the ball. But one thing, we, what, what, whether he might be good in another league... <laughs> <laughs> that's that's a theoretical conversation. What is an absolutely factual conversation is that he is no good in the Premier League and not in any manner whatsoever. Is that surprising? Like he's been terrible. He's done been terrible for a really long time. Also, he was chipping off. He was chirpy during the international break, wasn't he? Having, well, having he, he having, was having yeah. Like
1: somehow he's been you know done a wrong wronging because he's not in the team. I mean, I think uh, it's because you're absolutely rubbish, Nemanja, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> it seems to be the logical answer to me, but uh, you Nemanja's know, having none of it. Um, yeah. Joey Mangini, friend of the show, says, is Daniel James real deal or just having a great run that turns into another Yanozai etc. I mean, He wasn't yeah, actually that good against Leicester, to be honest. So, you know, maybe that's it. Maybe
0: he's, he's, uh, he's burnt bright and now he's fading away already. I I think what you said is much more worthy of an ouch than what Joey said, because the, the, it's a completely. It's not, I don't think it's an ouch to be like, is he another Yanizai or Makeda? Yanizai had a really good full season, basically. before Bill Moyes
1: ruined him. So yeah, well,
0: maybe no, maybe it was it Van Hull that ruined him. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And Moyes Moyes loved him, took him to Sunderland, tried to be his father. Um, so I, we just don't know the answer to that question. I mean, there's. You know, there is nothing to suggest so far. Daniel James has scored four goals already, uh, which is phenomenal. And I think he scored for Wales as well um, during the international break. So he's he's on, he's on absolutely on fire, but there's nothing in the performances that make you think this is entirely replicable necessarily, unless it turns out that he can score regular screamers, um, which would, would be great, obviously. But yeah, like you say, he wasn't, wasn't particularly great against... Quentin Leicester, and, and apart from the goals, has not been that great at all this season. No, and look, it's, this this
1: this should be a season in which he's allowed to learn, you know, play a few games, yeah. be an impact sub, and then not be pressure on him, but because of how thin our squad is and the fact that Alexis has left, mm. which is good, you know, but and the fact that no other forwards are brought in, means that he's going to play an awful lot more games than probably would be best for a player you know in 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 his sort of development stage um and we'll see whether he sinks or swims with that because some some players really take to it but it, it might be you know there'll be difficult moments i suspect for him this season
0: yeah but the answer to the question is nobody could possibly know at this point dan greer says uh, how much do you think people would be losing their shit if we weren't currently
1: in the top 4 yeah. You see I like, I think the essential problem here is that uh, we live in a or we I say our, our listeners especially the listeners who send in questions on Twitter live in the Twitter bubble and and uh, it is a hive of scum and villainy uh, including many of our listeners now. Uh, <laughs> and you know it's the bottom half of the internet everything that is wrong with the world is represented you know in 10 times magnification on Twitter including the, the idiots and the yerdas uh, of our uh, of our fan base, you know? So I, I don't think people at Old Trafford are losing their shit. Uh, I, you know, people who've been there and watched United for years and years are, are not. I think we all know where we are as a team right now, which is we are trying to develop. There is at least a plan to move forward. Now, whether the manager's good enough, whether there is enough investment, like lots of questions around that, but there is a plan. And I'm not sure there was... Last season, but there is now. That's where we are.
0: I mean, the only thing I would disagree with that about that is um, is the sort of implied characterisation that United's online fan base are more or are less patient and knowledgeable than the people that go to Old Trafford. Which no, there's just
1: there's just more of them. Yeah, the internet.
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. I'd say the percentages probably break down very similarly. To be honest, um, but yeah, uh, no, I I, I think. Um, I think it's going to be a long, difficult season. And I think people are ready to melt down based on the last few years. And people have drawn, you know, during the Mourinho era, people drew tribal lines a lot. Um, yeah. and, and there's a lot of people waiting to say, I told you so, uh, in, in all yeah, directions. Well, I, I actually,
1: To be honest, I thought I'd get a few more told you so's uh, when United won at the weekend, because I, uh, I did mention that uh, with Pogba being out, this was the midfield that many people had been seeking. Um, but uh, I only got a couple of those. Uh, and, you know, it was a bit of an obvious comeback. But, yeah, uh, didn't, didn't get too many. Anyway. Maybe, maybe they watched the game. and <laughs> They were like, oh, do you know what? Fair enough, he's got a point. Yeah. Jamie Rubinski says, have you noticed that Ollie looks about 40 years older than he did in January? See, the thing is, I, I was thinking about this um, b- before I saw this question with because because he is looking quite old. But I actually think people with a baby face feel like they're ageing faster because as the ageing process comes in, it destroys the baby face, you know? And uh, he he looks a bit like if you got Ollie aged 12 and you put him through FaceApp like six or seven times, that's what he looks like.
0: But to answer your question, without any shadow of a doubt, he looks older than he did when he got to United. I mean, you remember seeing like Tony Blair before and uh, President Obama as well, like the difference before and after i mean trump's gonna look younger because he's done so little work in office but that's a, that's a different question just threw that in there to upset the three people that have somehow stuck this out this long stop listening stop listening to us <laughs> anyway my desperate plea for fewer listeners there. Uh, there, yeah, was, actually, last, last week we had uh, a, a few um,
1: mm-hmm. interesting commenters on uh, on our Facebook um, page, which um, doesn't get a lot of love from us, to be fair. I, I always um, tend to check in with it, but I didn't this week,
0: and I, I'm glad. Uh,
1: you, see, you see, I did in a rare moment, um, uh, and you're probably good you didn't, because there was a long string between two people who started off calling us fucking idiots for... Uh, Suggesting that Sunes may uh, have um, some racial uh, racial <laughs> prejudice in his um, analysis of Paul Pogba and other black players, uh, and carried on for quite some time before we'd caught it. <laughs> have you deleted them all? Have you just? said <laughs> so, said people will not be coming back to our page
0: again. Okay, good. <laughs> See ya. You'll you'll be sorely missed. Um, the the Soonest thing. I mean, um, the the Moisey King must have an attitude. Was. If you ever wanted to see something that you believed proved before your very eyes, that was that was proof of yeah, proof for an I mean, that
1: was just awful. And, and of course, you know, he was left out the subsequent uh, Italy squad for apparently missing a team meeting with the under 21s in the in the um, in the summer, um, and it was a sort of pre planned punishment, uh, which gave fodder for all the people supporting Sunes to Go see, see, Sunes was right. He knew. Right. No, that was that was awful from CNES, It's just awful. Every, every single, you know, pre-baked prejudice about black players dating back to the 1970s. Just shocking.
0: Yeah.
1: I don't want to talk about it anymore. I'm sick no. of it. Dan O says, with Big Day finally signing his contract, will Mr. Heyer be entering next year's Eurovision Song Contest? I don't know. Was she? Was she? Was she? Was she a competitor for Spain before? Can't don't remember. you remember?
0: Don't you not remember? Yeah. You. Oh, I don't like, really watch it. It's no, not I, it's state. not about. It's not about watching it. It's about being online enough to remember David de Gea's reaction, which was yeah. absolutely hilarious. Where he was complaining about it being a. Con- it's just a conspiracy. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Yeah. yeah, it did ring a bell, and I was yeah. like, hmm, did, "Did that happen? Yes. Yeah. Yes. That was." Absolutely superb. Hashtag superb moments in MUFC Twitter. Life is so much better without Twitter. I can't even begin to tell you how much better my life's been since I don't have Twitter anymore. But there were like 20 amazing things that happened in Man United Twitter and that was definitely one of them. (laughs) So, Daniel
1: Dorthega0 uh, says, why do you think none of One teammates have signed up for his common goal project? Do you think
0: Phil Jones will do it after his next contract extension? <laughs> it's, it's, uh, it remains a bit of a mystery, this. It's been interesting, the common goal thing, because on one hand, there's been some lovely moments and some lovely participation, but I, I, I do wonder if one would be a little bit disappointed by... The the kind of uptake. I mean, you know, sort of unreasonable to expect people to support one particular charity. I'm sure lots of United players do vast amounts for uh, loads and loads and loads of charities. I'm I'm sure of that. So you know, just because they're not part of this, then um, then who knows who knows why that would be. But it always seemed very weird to me that Ander Herrera didn't sign up since they were best mates. <laughs> Maybe they weren't.
1: Maybe they weren't. Um, and yes, Phil Jones's new contract will be an eight-year contract to be signed sometime <laughs> next season. Jones, twenty twenty-three. Here's one for you, Paul. Bob Priestley says, "Why is someone, everyone so upset with everything
0: all of the time?" I know it's a, it's it's frustrating. I'm upset with it. <laughs> Ironically, I'm. I'm. It's. I do. I am definitely banging my drum for the season of fun. Like, this is. This is. There's no being upset about United this season is such a waste of your energy. Because it is exactly, I mean, of course we can, if you want to funnel that en- energy into genuine organized protests against the ownership, which attack them uh, in the sponsors' pockets, and I'm not talking about getting hashtags trending on Twitter, I'm talking about boycotting everyone that's associated with United in a sponsorship capacity, you know, cutting ties with Mu MUTV, Sky, the works, if you want to do that, that's how you want to focus your energy. Fair enough, but if it's complaining about the fact that the squad's thin, then um, you know, I don't know what you're doing with your time. Basically, we're, we're we're not very good. We're not going to be very good for a bit. That's that's the way it is. Sucks to be us.
1: Basically, is what I think you're saying. No, anyway. but,
0: but we can. But like, we can have fun just if we just embrace it and enjoy the bits that are fun. Last question, then from
1: Benji C. Wood. Does one of Chong, Gomez, Greenwood need to go out alone or even do a Sancho or can we find enough game time for all three? Well, I suspect all three will have you know, at least some parts to play on Thursday night. Uh, I think uh, Greenwood's obviously closest to the first team. Uh, Ollie has said so. Uh, Chong played at the weekend a little bit and Gomez nowhere to be seen although we've talked quite a bit about him on this season's pods. Um, he's doing very well at under-23 level look, looks like he's outgrown that to be honest and so A lone move might not be bad for him. Although, where is the question? Because, you know, if it's physical development they're looking for rather than just playing development, I'm not sure that spending a season in the Championship getting battered is exactly what he needs. And I feel like... Um, But he does
0: need games that aren't under 23. This question specifically, sorry for interrupting you there, Ed, but it's just that this question specifically will be much better served in like two podcasts' time because we're playing Astana, uh, West Ham, Rochdale in the League Cup, Arsenal, and then AZ away... Um, and then Newcastle at home. So yeah. at the end of that run, we'll be much better place to to answer what the future's looking like, the sort of short term future's looking like for yeah, Chong, yeah. Greenwood, and Gomez. No,
1: that's right. And I, look, I think, in a sense, I mean, people, I've, I've seen some complaints that Ollie's sort of uh, not walking the walk of playing younger players because I think that even though he's playing Wampersack age 21, Daniel James age 21, Marcus Rashford age 21, Scott McTominay 22. Uh, that um, somehow he's you know, these they don't count because I think we we've, we've seen Rashford for a long time and McTominay's now sort of been in the team for the best part of a year and and the other two were bought for substantial money so um, I, I suspect if they'd all come through the academy this year we'd we'd have a different approach even though they're all very young still
0: yeah absolutely I think that of all the of all the justified criticisms you can level at Solskjaer, that one is off the charts crazy. Yeah,
1: but but it's a different reaction than if you, um, if, say, look at what's happening with Chelsea fans and, and Frank Lampard and and uh, Mountain Abraham and uh, Tamori and, and so on who've been integrated into the Chelsea side and, and doing all right.
0: Yeah, well, you know I mean? so, Tony Abraham's on fire.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, I think I said on the podcast earlier this season, he looks like he's a bit shit. I've seen him for all of about 30 minutes, <laughs> but... um. So uh, he looked pretty good against United. Yeah, um, eat some of those words because he got a hat trick at the weekend. Um, But you know, the Chelsea fans have suddenly embraced that as what what somehow being the identity of the club, which is interesting (laughs) because for the last you know 10 years of Abramovich's reign, only John Terry had come through the youth ranks and made it into the first team for any real length of time.
0: Yeah, and and it's early in the season, and Andres Pereira's played a lot in this in the team this season as well. He's not quite so young, but another academy product. Obviously, Jesse Lingard is in middle age now, but he's an academy product. Paul Pogba's an academy product, sort of. It's you know Martial's hardly a, a experienced like well an an old stager, is he? So it, this team's got a very young. Uh, the very young outlook and just because you're not putting every good teenager in every starting lineup but uh, you know obviously the fact that we've lost a few games people start looking for solutions and maybe wondering whether Mason Greenwood isn't one of those and and I think he quite possibly is and I'd like to see out of all of those Greenwood's the one I'd like to see get a lot of first team football this season at the top level but talking of first team football not at the top level how many of Chung Greenwood and Gomez are going to start against Astana Red?
1: I would say Greenwood definitely, and possibly, well, possibly Chong. Gomez no. Okay. But do you think Gomez will it's start just...
0: against Rochdale the week after?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think, I think, yeah, yeah, for sure. If he's not starting against that, then he definitely needs to go out alone because he's not going to get any game time this season.
0: Um, yeah. What do you know about Astana? Literally nothing. I made a conscious decision not to even look him up. Ah. Uh. Because well, I just go. thought, well, I, I everyone, everyone, that, everyone that wants to look up their Wikipedia page can look up their Wikipedia and that's page. What, that's they? why I'm looking at their Wikipedia page right now. They're
1: only 10 years old. Okay. Founded as uh, Lokomotiv Astana. What, wait a minute. Apparently so, that
0: was a bit old school, so they changed it to just FC Astana in 2011. So time before last we were in the Europa League, we played FC Matijland, who were formed after we won the treble. But now there's a team that's formed after we won the Champions League in Moscow <laughs> that we're playing. I know.
1: Um, they've won the domestic league five times in a row, uh, a not least because they're supported by the nation's sovereign wealth fund.
0: Ah, so there you go. Doesn't doesn't seem entirely fair.
1: <laughs> I think in Kazakhstan, that's uh, that's not the right term uh, when it comes to the president. But uh, we have a, um, we have at least one Kazakhstani listener. That that much I can guarantee. Yeah, that's true. Um, mostly Kazakhstani players. In the squad, uh, a, um, a smattering of international stars, Antonia Rakovina, who's Serbian, Lukas Siminovic, who's Croatian, Ndombali Mubeli, who's um, from, uh, I think, Togo, if I know my Flags. R- DRC, sorry. Shocking.
0: What, what I'd like to know. Shocking the, knowledge of flags there, Ed. What I'd like to know at this point is do you think it's better for the listeners, more respectful of the listeners' time, to say, if you want to know more about FCS, don't Just go look to the their Wikipedia, Wikipedia yeah. Or to read out their Wikipedia page to the listeners?
1: Look, look, less your lip. Yeah, I'm making the effort <laughs> to read out their Wikipedia page. What have you done? Nothing. It's true. Pure, I was going to say pure analysis, but, you know, Shira actually does. It does research and yeah. has tried to make himself a better pundit,
0: unlike is mo- you. Most improved. No, this is a conscious decision. This is not a disrespect intended to Astana or Kazakhstan in any way. This is all disrespect to the Europa League. This competition does not deserve our attention and time. This is football detention. We've all right, been... here, here's a quiz for you, Paul. Oh, okay.
1: Um, Astana have a player from Curaçao. Yeah. And uh, it... it Here's a quiz on your geography. Where is
0: Curacao? I think it's an island. But that's true. Is it a South what Pacific? Of, is it a South what Pacific part of the planet? South Pacific island? Wrong answer. Oh. Wrong answer. It's in the Caribbean. It's about 40 ah. miles north of the Venezuelan coast. I outthought myself. I was like, it's a Caribbean island, and then I outthought myself because I thought it must be something vaguely challenging. All right? Yeah. Got, Has it got a green in the flag? Is there green no. in the flag?
1: Oh, okay. No, right. it's it's sort of navy with two stars and uh, and a uh, horizontal yellow strike. Pretty pretty solid flag, actually. I'd say a good 7 out of 10 for that
0: flag. Have you heard the Roman Mars 99% Invisible on vexillology? I have not. Yeah, you should watch his TED Talk about it. It's absolutely brilliant. I'll send a link to it. If you haven't no, watched you? Roman Mars' link, um, TED Talk on flags, you definitely should. Flag design is super interesting, turns out. Unlike well, the Europa League, which is a bad competition for bad people and bad football teams. Astana
1: currently third in the Kazakhstani League. Yeah, it looks like the Kazakhstani League takes place over the summer because they're 24 games in. Right. Four wins out of the last five. So we're playing an informed team, lads. Oh they, shut up shop. So are they.
0: We've got one win out of the last one. <laughs> That's true. Uh, predictions for this game? <laughs> I don't. I don't have any. I don't have any, and nor will I at any point during the Europa League because it is a bad competition for bad people. All right, let's are talk you watching, about. Are you going to watch
1: this game? Of course, I'm going to watch this game. Yeah, I'm going to watch this game. I'm. I'm fascinated to see uh, FC Astana. Um, um, product of the Kazakhstani sovereign wealth
0: fund in action. I am also going to watch this game because it's one of the very few Europa League <laughs> clashes this season that doesn't clash with work. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because you know, some of them kick off at like three o'clock in the afternoon. Yeah. Last season, I think it was one of the touchline fucker people um, tweeted something like when during this is when United were in the Champions League and Arsenal were in the Europa League um some man are getting their team news while they're still at work can't relate it's like now we're getting our team news while we're still at work one of these games is at three o'clock in the afternoon or something yeah the the away leg at astana is is uh to four uk time so some some classic midday midweek football there oh, lovely anyway At the weekend, United play
1: West Ham at the London Stadium, I think it's still called. They didn't find a sponsor, did they?
0: London Stadium, a bad stadium for bad people. (laughs) Yeah. And Uh. a pretty
1: bad football team. Uh, West Ham currently, as we record, nil-nil away at Aston Villa. And uh, you were watching some of this and... uh, Tyrone Mings and uh, El Ghazi were fighting.
0: Yeah, for Villa. Um, they, they, they were, there was some some proper inter, intra-squad handbags going on. Um, it was all very Wade and Archer, you know, it was all very eye-contact-y and, and they didn't actually start really chipping off until someone was there to separate them, which is a, a sure sign that you don't actually want to fight, isn't it? Um, it looks to me like West Ham are pretty lively... Going forward and very yeah. vulnerable at the back from crosses in particular. Um, yeah, well,
1: in Sebastian Haller, they they bought a really interesting player. You know, Bundesliga watchers will tell you he blows a bit hot and cold, but a talented one. Uh, already scored goals this season, so um, uh, and and they binned Chicharito, um, who headed off to Spain uh, in order to make way for for Ella oh. Ella, um, and and so you know they've got, they've got. They've definitely got some talent. The uh, result's a bit mixed this season. Lost, of course, to City on the opening day. Got real spanking there. and But um, a couple of wins in the last two against uh, Watford, who uh, pushed Arsenal all the way at the weekend. And Norwich, who beat City at the weekend in uh, the weekend's most hilarious result. That's absolutely ridiculous. I don't understand how that's even possible at this point. But <laughs> I know, people, people keep saying that City have got injuries because, well, you know, they do. Um, uh, Merrick Laporte is obviously injured for some time, as is Leore Sarnate. Norwich had about seven players out, no one wants to mention
0: that. <laughs> so, yeah, exactly. So, that's Norwich's second string battering the uh, the uh, hashtag best team of all time. Um, yeah, and not, not even, not even a massive XG mismatch either. You know how normally when City lose, like when City lost to Tottenham, that was, or drew with Tottenham, that was a genuinely ridiculous thing where Tottenham basically blew on the ball near the goal twice and it went in and City created chance after chance after chance that didn't go in. But this one, although City, of course, did edge the XG, it wasn't wasn't by a great deal, by about half a goal. So that one can go either way for sure. Um, I Yeah, Norwich had three shots on target and scored all three of them.
1: So yeah. that was... Um... Part of the result (laughs) there, but yeah, Um, and and yeah, City, um, a kind of interesting one because I I suspect behind closed doors, uh, and I I know we're diversing away from the West Ham game, but I suspect behind closed doors, Guardiola was absolutely livid because there were, you know, too many defensive mistakes there, Um, and they're going to pay a little bit, I think, for not investing in the center half this this summer. But he kind of took it well in public. Um, But I suspect he'll be pretty angry with that team.
0: It's one of those where, like, if you read what Guardiola says, it always looks quite reasonable. But if you watch him say it, then his eyes look like they're on fire. Yeah. Yeah, I just did that work.
1: I just did some training on um, uh, kind of, you know, non-verbal communication. And uh, it was horrible, actually. So uh, basically you're put in this situation where you're, uh, stood against a white wall with like four cameras on you and someone interviews you extremely aggressively and then they play it back to you. Uh, it's 4K video, super slowed down <laughs> and freeze on all your stupid faces. <laughs> so yeah, um, do that to Guardiola and I think, yes, you'd uh, you'd see the laser eyes coming out. I'm pretty sure you
0: don't need to do any of that. <laughs> you just watch him with the sound turned down and you're like, oh, <laughs> Pep, super mad. Um, did you learn anything interesting from that training, Ed? Uh,
1: that uh, when under pressure, people stick their tongue out an awful lot. Yeah, it's it's a not a good. Look, gotta say, not s- not
0: good. Self-soothing gesture. Did you That's learn anything... why I stick
1: to podcasting. <laughs> Did
0: you learn anything about yourself, Ed? Learn anything about your own traits in that in that one?
1: Well, I won't repeat what the trainer actually
0: said to me as advice, not on air. I'll tell you afterwards. Okay. Find All right. Oh, now I I really want to know. Um, I, I, you have to say that West Ham's first. Well, the loss to City didn't really matter. The 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 draw with Brighton, or maybe even a loss to Brighton. Um, that's a really bad result, isn't it? Um, is, in the context of this season so far. Um, yeah, draw draw with Brighton. Um, but then then a comfortable victory away at Watford. Um, and uh, and a pretty comfy. Uh, a pretty comfy victory at home to Norwich they're, they're in a decent little spell of form and they, they've not looked bad in this game against Villa Villa who kind of look alright this season they look pretty functional mm. and, and kind of interesting and and even though it's not like West Ham have created a bunch of massively and clear... down to 10 men yeah I mean if they win of course they go into the top four and, and uh, overtake us Completely, yeah. I'm, I've got the game on the telly behind me here, and I completely missed that they got a player sent off. Um, so yeah, that's that's my good scouting working working well. There. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I, the way they're approaching this game against uh, Villa would offer me some hope for the weekend because they're quite open and they're quite attacking. And I, I do maintain, and this is going to be a running theme throughout the season, um, that we're going to be way better against teams that come on to us than we are against teams that sit back Um, because i do think our defense is is much much better than it's been for a really our defense is as good as it's been for a really 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 long time now Um, yeah um, i mean look
1: that's 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 patently true yeah the the question is whether united can create enough chances didn't against leicester um but uh west ham at home against united always push don't they and and maybe i'm scarred by a couple of Bad experiences at West Ham. You gonna, so gonna bring up? You
0: gonna bring up ninety five? Are you? No, <laughs> I'm
1: not. But you know, um, it feels like it, and maybe the results will tell us a different story over the long run. But uh, does feel like we get some bad results there, uh, and uh, I'm I'm sure the London Stadium crowd will be up for this one, even if they hate being there. They hate used their to team it. and hate the stadium, so
0: you know <laughs> It seem things seem to have improved considerably under yeah. Pellegrini. And they're not fighting
1: each other in the terraces anymore.
0: Um the uh, the the most recent memory, of course, of a trip to the London Stadium was one of the worst performances. I mean, without any fear of hyperbole, one of the worst performances that a 21st century Manchester United has put in anywhere. And when I say 21st century, I actually mean back to about 1989 or whatever, when <laughs> things started marginally turning under Fergie. Because that 3-1 defeat, I mean, yeah. th- never has 3-1 flattered the losing side more. Absolutely abject. That was the McTominay-Matic yeah, centre-back yeah. that, that was Mourinho's yeah,
1: cry for help. That was, please help me by giving me a £14 million payoff and sacking <laughs> me right now, which should have happened directly after the game if uh, edward would have had any real balls uh, but he didn't and yes um thanks for reminding me of that one that's, that's probably one of those ones that's lodged in the back of my brain as a, you know emotionally scarring playing west ham <laughs> um so what do what do you think is going to happen this game I, I think you probably have it right i think i think west ham will push um and will be open and we'll try and pick him off and and uh it'll make a big difference if paul pogba is fit of that's exactly our ability to do that
0: yeah, that's exactly what I was going to say. To me, the answer to the question "What do I think is going to happen?" is totally dependent on whether Pogba was the there. I mean, in terms of our counter-attacking unit, obviously Rashford and marcelo are vital to that, but and Daniel James could be really important in that too. But you need Pogba feeding them. Surely, um, that's just that that's just going to be crucial. So, so if Pogba yeah. is out for for any length of time, I, I'll actually be quite. Um, quite fearful about this fixture of yeah. course i was fearful about last well, week's an ankle that. strain so i mean it shouldn't it shouldn't be a long time but we'll see yeah so if pogba plays i would actually be fairly confident of united's chances um given i mean this is based on watching 50 minutes of west ham tonight you know mostly um and not really paying attention to it at that but um but it definitely it seems like a game that would be potentially tailor made for pogba um, which would be lovely because it'd be it'd be nice to see nice to see a, a you know a performance where we create a, a good number of chances and actually win a game because because um, we haven't really done that that much this season. All right, predictions. Uh, I I think no Pogba. I predict a um, a one all draw, and I was weighing up a two one loss there. Uh, and with Pogba, I'll go with a 2-0 win. Oof. I'm just going to say one all because it, it feels like a one all, uh
1: to me. And, and 4-0 against Astana based on absolutely nothing at all.
0: Yeah, I, I don't have an opinion about what the score would be against Astana. Not just because I've studiously decided to ignore the Europa League and not learn about our opposition until we play them. This is partly, by the way, the scars of um, writing previews for Bleacher Report during the Van Hall. A Europa League adventure and having to like research these teams and find out stuff about them and like been pretending like I knew what I was talking about. And God, the the I used to have to write previews for pre season games and they were the International Champions, Champions Cup games. And I know that because I wasn't allowed to call them pre season friendly because of Bleacher Report sponsorship deal with the International mm-hmm. Champions Cup. That sponsorship deal also meant that my previews appeared on the official International Champions Cup website, which I I didn't know before I started writing them. So I I did put a lot of effort into learning about who the San Jose earthquake players were and and, uh, what they were good at and stuff. Um, But yeah, not having to do that anymore means I'm absolutely not going to do that this season. Right.
1: Okay. uh, That's it from us this week. United lost uh, 1-0 to Arsenal in 89th minute winner so um uh, bad luck to the girls there two two heartbreaking defeats in a row um uh, that's what happens. You gotta learn those lessons as you
0: come up to the big leagues. But that's that's those are also that's two results that they can take a lot out of and build a lot on. If they're gonna be narrowly losing to Arsenal and City, they're gonna be just fine this season. And I, I thought,
1: you know, final word on that one. Casey Stoney I, I thought was like really upfront about this. She said that look, there will be difficult times this season. We've no doubt about that and, and fans need to stick by us, so You know, she flagged that one early that it was going to be a big step up. uh, And so far, it's proven to be. Oh, and David Moyes says that you don't like it. (laughs) I I suspect that Casey Stoney, based on,
0: you know and a years worth of evidence he's a much talented much more talented manager than David Moyes. <laughs> yes, I was certainly latter period David Moyes anyway. Um yeah, all right, so thanks for listening everyone we'll be back with another one of these after the West Ham game probably before the Rochdale game. It's, it's a terrible mess with our structure this is these these midweek games. Fortunately, yes. you're,
1: you're probably listening to our in-depth and uh, highly researched FC Astana preview moments before the game.
0: Yeah, that's another reason why I studiously refuse to do any work. All right, thanks for listening. We'll see All you right, next time. All right, bye
1: now. Bye.